Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Ron and Anian. Sometimes systems fail really completely. Everything goes bad. Car doctor. So I'm wondering if you have an idea of what I can do. You know, look at the rubber that's around all the windows today, right? All the rubber, the, the, the tracks and the guides. I'll use a little spray silicone. Uh, you know, just simple spray silicone available at any hardware store, available in any auto parts store. You use up all the glue on purpose. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here. A little bit of holiday festivus this weekend here on the Car Doctor. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. 855-560-9900. Hey, at least I got the phone number right this week. We're really moving ahead now. Nationally syndicated radio show, 27 years on air. I finally get the phone number right. First weekend, I think. In the, well, let's see. Um, we're here to talk about your car, whatever it might be, whatever your problem might be. That's what this radio show is about. I've been uh, fixing cars for years, and uh, more than I want to remember, more than I can forget sometimes. And um, we just talk about your car. If you're new to the show, listen, stick around. We, I guarantee you we're going to give you some information that you can make sense out of that can help solve a problem that you might be having. Um, you know, if, if, you're, um, if you're so inclined, give us a call at 855-560-9900. This hour, because they didn't do it last hour, Tom and Mike are going to be giving away a $25 gift card to O'Reilly Auto Parts. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Hey, Great place to go. And, huh? We've been busy. Well, yeah, what are you doing in there? Eating Christmas cookies. I know. I didn't get any. Oh, well, uh, and your point? Well, that's right. Uh, I, come up, I come up with the short end of the stick again. Nobody sends me cookies. Um, but, uh, by the way, I lost that piece of paper that you want to know what time you want me to be out by. So, that's, uh, oh, there it is. I found it somewhere. So, Tom's got something special planned for the end of the hour. Wait a minute. Can I have this, please? Thank you. Because at the end of the hour, we're going to be giving away our annual, we're going to be doing our annual uh, Christmas, uh, night before Christmas is this hour, right? I wait for this every year. I look forward to it. It was the night before Christmas and all through the dark, not a car was still broken. All the plugs had their spark. I remember that. Um, God, I've been doing that for years, too. Boy, I'm old. I think I'm going to bed now. I'm tired. Um, I want to talk to you real quick before we open the phone line. So I'll be giving you a $25 gift card for Riley Auto Parts. We're just all over the place this hour. Um I worked on a 2006 Dodge Durango, Dodge Dakota, same thing, this week. And it brought to mind the old story about the kingdom was lost for want of a horse, the horse was lost for want of a shoe, the shoe was lost for want of a nail. It's always the simple things in auto repair. It's always the, 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 the most basic item that creates the issue. Kristen brought in her car, she's a regular customer at the shop, and um, this was her dad's truck, and there, there's a bit of an emotional attachment to it. She she can't get rid of it um, for that reason, and, you know, I've since talked to her about it because of some of the rust and other issues that the truck is going through, but the problem she was having, she needed service, it needed an oil change, but they couldn't get the lug nuts off. The lug nuts were just frozen to the studs, and 
the previous shop that she had taken to visit her mom up in the Catskills uh, upstate New York, and they had worked on it. And you know, a short time later, they went to take the wheels back off, and they couldn't get them off, and they didn't know what happened. So, you know, as I said to her, I said, Kristen, how far do you want me to go? Do you want me to go to the wall with this? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get them off. You may not, you know, I may spend a little bit of money doing it, but I'll get them off. And she said, you got to go to the wall. I said, right. You got to be able to get the lug nuts off because if you get a flat on the road, I, you know, there's, there's just no way you're going to survive that. It's, it just becomes a bigger issue. I was really surprised. Took out every air gun I had in the shop. Nothing would move these lug nuts. I mean, they were just... They were on there. Uh, took Bertha out of the drawer. I, I warmed Bertha up every once in a while. That's the big air gun with uh, air tool oil, and I let her run for a couple of minutes and get her juices flowing, and then all this, and bang, and Bertha was stalled on this. Took out my cordless Milwaukee. Boy, you got to give credit to where credit is due, right? A, a, cordless, a cordless power tool, half-inch drive, put it on the maximum setting, and it popped, out of the 20 lug nuts, it popped 14 of them off like it wasn't even trying. It was really, I was stunned. And the last six, with a little bit of work back and forth, it did three of the last six. And then I had to put the car in the ground, and I got out the three-quarter-inch breaker bar and a piece of pipe. Like I said, you're not going to like how I do it. And, you know, if you're the center for tool abuse, I'm sorry. But uh, I did get the lug nuts off, and I didn't break anything. Um, but... It just made me think, you know, if a shop can't do the basic stuff, if you can't put lug nuts on properly, if you don't understand, and I was reading, you know, I'm, I'm a member of a couple of different Facebook groups, too many really, and, and one of them, you know, I, gotta, I just got to pick on this guy because I, I thought of him while I was doing this. You know, there's a conversation in one of the forums, and they were talking about torquing wheels and lug nuts. At, at, at my shop... We'll use something called a torque stick. A torque stick is probably 12 to 14 inches long of tensile steel, and it's a pre-calibrated uh, torque stick. It's, you can only tighten it to the torque capacity of the stick. So if it's a gray stick, it'll go to 100 foot-pounds. If it's a white stick, it'll go to 120 foot-pounds and so forth. You can only make it that tight, and then the, the, the stick twists like a pretzel at a very small level and, and stops tightening the nut. Well, on, on the Facebook page they were talking about, and the, the, the one kid jokingly said, well, thank God my air gun has all predetermined preset torque levels built in. I never seem to have a problem with, you know, tightening lug nuts incorrectly. Of course, my thought was, how would you know? Because they're not coming back because they're so aggravated or stuck on the side of the road they can't get there in the first place or they don't want to be. You know, and a couple of guys took him to task and started trying to explain it to him, and he just... You know, had a real harsh attitude about, no, you guys are wrong. Tight is tight. No, tight isn't tight. There is such a thing as too tight. And I thought about Kristen. Kristen's a young, she's a young lady. She's in her late 20s now. You know, and I could see her traveling from North Jersey to the Catskills, a two, two-and-a-half-hour ride, getting a flat on the side of the road at dusk, early morning. You know, needs to change a tire. She can't couple of creeps come along i don't have to paint the picture right you know it's a bad spot flat tires can be a life and death situation getting tires off a car can be a life and death situation for want of a nail the horseshoe was lost and so was the kingdom if a shop can't put lug nuts on a car properly and they can't tighten them correctly i don't think they should be a shop i think there should be an issue with that
If you're going in to get your car, your tires rotated this week after the holiday. If you're going in and you're watching a mechanic tighten lug nuts, watch how he does it. Watch how he or she does it. Do they use an air gun with a black socket on the end and just run them in? Or they do they use a, a multi, you know, it'll be multicolored. There's gray sticks, white sticks, brown, orange, green. Do they use a torque stick? Do they hand torque the wheels? We use a torque stick and we hand torque the wheels because from what I understand, the owner of my shop's a little got OCD, but um, I know him pretty well. But the point becomes, there's no, there's no margin of error when it comes to auto repair. There's no second guessing something. There's no, you know, close is, close is only good in hand grenades and horseshoes. All right, it doesn't count in auto repair. Auto repair has got to be dead nuts on the money. And it's, it's just, for want of a nail, the kingdom was lost. You got to look at the simple things. If they can't do the simple things, chances are they really can't do the complicated things. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at Answer Your Questions at 855-560-9900. As I said before, uh, we're here to talk about your car and solve your problem. This is the Christmas edition of the Car Doctor. Um, uh, thank God I'm looking out across the glass and I can see Michael and not Tom. Oh, there's Tom. Well, there goes this hour. Um, Tom, I see you got your elf suit on. Is that? Um, are, you, are you all ready to go north with me? I'm not going north with you, but we're getting ready to give away an O'Reilly Auto Parts uh, gift certificate, so I figured I'd better dress the part because it's a great stocking stuffer. Well, it really is, actually. And, uh, you know, if you've ever been to an O'Reilly Auto Parts, that's the place to go for family vacation. I keep trying to talk my family into it, uh, but that didn't fly too well. Well, sometime I'll tell you about the vacation my wife and I took, and we ended up at a radio station. And, boy, let me tell you, she was not pleased. I have not heard the end of that yet. I don't understand why wives get upset about that. A couple of years back, they said, where should we go on vacation? And my wife wanted to go to all these strange places like Hawaii, Florida, California, to Disney. I said, no. I said, I want to go to Detroit. I want to take the tour of the GM assembly plant. I want to go up to... Actually, you'd like Disney World. They've got the biggest, essentially the biggest auto body shop in the world there to take care of the vehicles and all the garbage cans and stuff. Because if somebody gets a little bent out of shape and they kick the you-know-what out of a garbage can... It's back on the street the next day. They take it in. It's just like an auto body shop. I believe that. They've got the biggest dry dock in the world down there. You'd love, you'd love Disney World. There's a joke about Disney World, and then we'll, we'll pull over and take a pause before we answer the phone calls. There's a joke about Disney World that goes, Ray Kroc, the owner of McDonald's, and Walt Disney, of Disney, right, are in a foxhole in World War I. And they're sitting there talking about, you know, what they're going to do after the war and how, you know, Ray Kroc wants to create a, a, a chain of restaurants and Walt Disney wants to create, you know, places for families to come to, family entertainment. And they're trying to outdo each other as to, you know, who's got going to have the better establishment and the better place. And the joke goes something along the lines that Walt Disney, after thinking about it, turns to Ray Kroc and says, so what are you going to do if you walk into your restaurant one day and you've got dirty windows all along the front. And Ray Kroc looks at him and he goes, I'll have everybody clean them. And Walt Disney says, that's the difference between Disneyland and McDonald's. And Ray Kroc says, how so? He said, in Disneyland, the windows are never dirty. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, we're coming back right after this. It on the wall so you don't forget to call for car advice done right. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Hey, by the way, um, last-minute stocking stuffers, the uh, Car Care Council is giving me an 80-page booklet. You can get out to their website, carcare.org. 
um, uh, all information about B-Car Caraware, talking consumer education, great stocking stuffers, great uh, for the drivers in your family, courtesy of the folks over at the Car Care Council, carcare.org. Let's get over and talk to Joe Elmira, New York, 01 GMC, Sonoma pickup truck, and uh, no heat. Joe, do you really need heat that often? Come on now. Toughen up, buddy. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm used to no heat. I was moving out stuff out of my father's house who passed last year. There's no heat in there. There's no heat in the pickup truck. So I, I guess I just have to live with it. Yeah, know? it's just the way it is. It's um. So tell me about it. What's uh, What's been done to diagnosis, and how exactly does this happen? Okay, well, when I put the heat on, there was no heat. So I, I did the simple stuff first that somebody told me to do. I replaced the thermostat because it was overheating a little bit uh, recently. And I replaced the thermostat, and I just had a super flush done. I did the, the uh, heater core and everything else, the radiator, and it's still blowing cold air. So I, I'm, I figured I got to give you a call and see what else it could be. Okay, so so somebody flushed the heater core or put a coolant machine on the system? Put a coolant machine on the system. Okay, so a coolant a coolant machine, to my knowledge, from what I've seen on the market, and from what I know we use in the shop. It's not a flush. It's an exchanger. Put a quart in, take a oh. quart out. There's no real pressure being being exhibited by those machines. They're just they're just there just isn't. All right. Oh, I did. Right. It's it's not a it's not a a, a a flush like we're thinking about it. Back in the days when you went out, and you bought the two gallons of Prestone and a little tea kit from the auto parts store and and, and yeah. hooked up the yeah, yeah. It's not really doing that. If it's if it's being done where it's going in through the upper radiator hose, that is a coolant exchange. It will remove contaminant at a what I call a soft level, but not necessarily do a hard flush or move or dislodge particulate out of the core. So a couple of questions. You bring this truck up, you warm it up to operating temperature. When it's at operating temperature, you feel that upper radiator hose. It's uncomfortable to the touch. It's hot, right? Yes. I know it's one of the heater core ones that's kind of cool. One was hot and one was, like, lukewarm. Okay. So if, if one's hot going in, right, and the other one is cold, tells me we've got no heater core circulation. All right? And that's, okay. that's, that, that's where I was going with this. So what we want to do, all right, and this is, this is simple enough to do, you're going you're gonna to take some heater hoses, and do you own a white bucket, Joe? It might be yellow, but it's a bucket. So. Yeah, it's a bucket. Okay, it's a clean bucket, right? Um, start yeah, with... Just, just, well, yellow, white, I, you know, but you get the point. Start with the hose that's cold, Okay. You want to you want to put two heater hoses on the end of the heater core, you know, and in and out a gazinta and a gazauta, all right. And you want to go down to the local hardware store and you want to buy like the screw ends for like hose repair, garden hose repair, all right. Oh yeah. So, so you can make a so you make a male female, and you know hook up hook up your household garden hose to the line that was cold because that's the outbound line of the core, correct? Okay, yep. And not full pressure. Turn on a little water pressure. Put the other end of the heater hose hoses into the bucket. All right? Now you're doing a reverse flush, and you want to start off doing a reverse flush first because you want to push back opposite of the way the coolant's been being pushed through the core so you don't push the dirty crud all the way through the core and get it stuck somewhere else. You want to try and dislodge it when it's on the incoming side of the core and push it into the bucket 
the amount of crud that's going to come out of this thing, if, I, if, if I'm guessing right, you'll be amazed. That's why I like a white bucket. You can see the dark particulate and all the contaminant that comes out and let it settle. And you're going to run, you know, most city water pressure, the last time I looked was 12, 15, 12 pounds. It wasn't a lot, 12, 14 pounds, something like that. You know, car, car cooling systems run pressures uh, roughly the same. A, a radiator pressure cap, you know, an 18-pound cap, well, it's an 18-pound capital. It'll take 18 pounds. If we apply the 10% rule, which is good enough for the government in most auto repair situations, most cooling systems will okay. take 20 PSI of pressure. Um, so, you know, maybe I want to run that heater hose half maybe three-quarter throttle, so to speak, and just push all the contaminant out. Once I get clear, the hose is now pumping clear water out of the core, and I see no more crud coming out. You might have to dump the bucket once or twice or strain it through a sieve, a paint strainer or something, just to see what you're getting out of there. Once I get it clean to that point, I will then hook it up to the other side and run it the, 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 the normal flow way just to see do I dislodge anything else. Once I do now, that, is water enough to clean it, sir? Yeah, water's enough to clean it. If if water doesn't clean it, because the problem is the truck's nineteen years old, right? So yes. if 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 water if water doesn't clean it, the caustic chemical I've got to put in there is going to be caustic enough that it'll probably clear the core. It might ruin the core and damage other cooling system components. Things are getting a little fragile. They're nineteen years old. Back in the day, okay. all right. Back in the day, Prestone made a two-part chemical flush, which I now think is illegal in all 50 states in the District of Columbia uh, because it, it was actually a real harsh chemical, and it worked really well. So naturally, they told us they couldn't, we couldn't use it anymore because it actually worked. Um, I might have one or two cans still on the shelf in the shop. I have to look. I think I bought the stock out when I knew it was going away. But the point becomes that stuff worked. But I didn't even use that that often. Usually this mild back flush method will, will do the trick. The key here becomes I'm trying to just remove contaminant. I'm trying not to hurt cooling system components. And I'm just trying to be as gentle as I can. Start at a quarter throttle of hose bring it up to half hose, maybe maximum three-quarter hose. If you're pushing contaminant out, don't go any more than that. When you're all done both directions, hook it all back up, bleed the air, see what kind of heat you got. Call me back, 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. We're back right after this. You know, uh, Ron and Andy, the car doctor, nothing makes me happier than being able to do this. This segment of the car doctor is dedicated to mom who's out there listening right now. She's recovering from a cold. She's feeling a little under the weather. I want to let her know I love her, and um, I'm glad she's able to listen to the show now, and I hope she gets better and uh, bounces back like she always does, and uh, we get her going for another 100 years. So, at a girl, mom, you go. Um, Anyway, let's get over and talk to uh, let's go talk to Gary in Delaware. Gary, you there, sir? Ron and Andy, the car doctor at your service. How can I help? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. All right, so I have a 2002 Toyota Sienna. Uh, it's been garage kept. The body's in great shape. Uh, engine, transmission, air condition, everything works on it. However, sh- uh, shocks and struts are shot. Um, I mean, totally, really bad. 
uh, brakes need replacing too. So I have 221,000 miles on this vehicle, and I'm wondering uh, what should I expect to pay to get all of that stuff um, fixed and replaced? And uh, is it the type of thing where it's too far gone, there's too many miles, or can I get it uh, done reasonably and then just sell it outright and get something else? Define reasonably. Everybody's got a different version. Everybody's got a different version of reasonably, Gary. <laughs> define define reasonably. Uh, what's what, what, what uh, what's on I your mind I, for a budget? Uh, well, I'm kind of thinking that uh, I don't want to uh, spend more than what the vehicle is going to be worth. But I'm thinking if I could get it done for, you know, I don't know, a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks, could I sell it for that much and get anything out of it? Um, I don't think you can get it done for that. You know, typical brakes. I have to talk North Jersey brake prices. All right. I don't know what I don't know what life's like in terms of the economy in Delaware, but typical North Jersey brake prices, four wheel brakes, pads and rotors all the way around. That's a Sienna, so it's it's in my mind, it's a truck. It's going to take a better grade of rotor. You're probably the bigger side of eight hundred dollars to do brakes all the way around on that truck, pads and rotors clean and lube the caliper slides, assuming the calipers are good, uh, you know, and maybe you're going to do a little bit of a bleed and a flush, add another 100 bucks to the ticket, there's $900. Struts and shocks, I believe it's front struts, rear shocks. Shocks are going to be, you know, 50 to 75 bucks a piece on average, plus, you know, easily an hour's labor, maybe more to put them in. Front struts, you've got at least two hours of labor plus parts. You've probably got another $1,000 in shocks and struts. So you got you got two grand there, right. let's call it. Um you know, okay. is it is it worth it? Well, I don't know. Now you got to go out and price out. You know, have you priced a new vehicle yet? Go price a new minivan. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, very expensive. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's fifty yeah. grand. So all of a sudden, where does you know where does you know where do, where does it begin and where does it end? I always tell people, don't fix something to try and get more value for it when you sell it. That doesn't make any sense to me. All right. Okay. You know, let's let's say you put two, right. let's say you put two grand in it. You set, you know, you put two grand in it, and you're only going to get two grand for it. What was the point? You know, it it, it doesn't make any uh, yeah. sense. If you if you put two grand in it, you can get five grand for it. That's a different conversation. But generally, that never happens. So, yeah. um, you know, and I'll tell you what, okay. Gary, stay on the line. Tom and Mike have given me the high sign. You're going to be the winner of our $25 gift card today for O'Reilly Auto Parts. Maybe it'll help you with some of your expenses and some of your vehicle repairs. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. That gift card will be coming your way. Stay on the line so Tom can get your information. And, Michael, why don't you punch me up, Al in Maryland. Al wants to talk about lug nuts. Al, welcome to the car, doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi. Yes, Hi, Ron. Yes, Love your show. Always learn something. Thank you, sir. Um, I uh, just I heard your dialogue about the stuck uh, lug nuts on the tires, okay. and um, I just wanted to put a plug in for anti-seize compound, and uh, it might not have helped this person because it doesn't sound like somebody works on their own cars, but anybody that does even the most basic maintenance, you can't live without anti-seize compound. And after motor oil and brake fluid, the most important stuff I got on my garage shelf is anti-seize compound. As soon as I get a used car, the first thing I do is take off all the tires, take out all the spark plugs, the screws holding the valve cover gasket, anti-seize compound goes on everything. And that's how you get a quarter million miles on a car and still are able to, to take the bolts out. So highly recommended anti-seize compound. Do you think anti-seize has changed formulation over the years? Well, I tell you, I use the Permatex, and uh, after you know 20 years of using this stuff, it still comes in exactly the same container. It says exactly the same stuff on it, 
and uh, I've never had a problem with it. So I think it's probably the same stuff. Now, maybe some other brands have changed, but the Permatex seems to be the same stuff. Um, I will tell you this. I, I use Permatex in the shop. I used to use anti-seize on lug nuts. Now it's either dry or the very littlest drop of oil, and generally not even the oil. Um, I stopped using anti-seize on spark plugs. I read a bunch of reports. And I'm not, listen, what works for you works for you. I'm not discounting that. Don't misunderstand yeah, me. Yeah. Um, but I read a bunch of reports that talked about the effects of anti-seize on spark plugs and how the computer reacted to the change in the ground circuit and load of the plug and affected vehicle mm. timing. It was, it was like I read this and I went, what? Um, like, wow. you know, everything affects everything today. So I get it. My concern with anti-seize, but the, the primary thing, what I was trying to get to, and the main reason why I've, I've gotten away from using anti-seize as much as we used to is my experience has been I've noticed anti-seize seems to dry out faster. I don't know if they're putting more glass in it or they changed the formulation, but it's not the same stuff it was to me, what my experience is, 10 years ago. Uh, I just I just see differences in it. But you are well, right. Well, that's a good point. You, you, you are right. We do need some sort of thread protection um, yeah. on, the, on, the, on the studs or, or whatever it is we're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, and, and, and snowplow vehicles, yeah, I'll use a dab of anesthesia, just a touch. I won't give it a bath. I'll use just a touch. Uh, but, you know, the point becomes that there are things you can do for salt and corrosion. There's a couple of products out there, fluid film for plow vehicles that are going to get salt and corrosion on them. There's another product I'm just researching now called Salt X which I haven't okay. really, I haven't finished my reading on it, but they talk about corrosion protection too. The point is, and I really appreciate what you're saying, and I understand that I do. The point is, you know, if a shop is running lug nuts on with an air gun oh, and, yeah. and a black <laughs> socket, away. yes, walk away. I mean, that's that's the first telltale sign of an idiot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know, I mean, let's let's call it like it is. I, right. I, right. It's, uh, but, well, you know. Also, put in a plug for routine maintenance. You know, uh, you ought to be taking those tires off every once in a while, and I put a little dab of anti-seize every time I take them off. Yep. So if the thing has a tendency to dry out, it's not going to dry out of my cars because I'm, I'm working on this yeah, thing. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. Al, listen, you have yourself a Merry Christmas and a good, safe, healthy too, New Year. Ron. And thanks for being part of the Car Doctor family. All right, sir? Look forward to hearing your show next year. Thank you, sir. You take good care. 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Amy, the car doctor here. You know, uh, quick tips. All right, I just want to get this out real fast. From the folks at CarStar, carstar.com, if you're looking for some just last-minute ideas for the stocking stuffers, air freshener, cell phone holder clip, cell phone charger, windshield sunshade, roadside emergency kit, tire gauge, tire plug kit, spill-proof travel mug. I want one of those. A gas gift card or a personalized keychain. All great ideas courtesy of the folks at CarStar, carstar.com, those last-minute stocking stuffers for the holiday coming up. Let's go over and talk to Pete in Pittsburgh. Pete in Pittsburgh. I like that. Pete in Pittsburgh. Say that three times fast. Hey, Pete. How can I help you? Hey, Ron, how are you doing? Good, sir. What's going on? Hey, I have a 2015 Honda CRV, um, and I just had a recent alignment done, just as routine maintenance, and found out that the left front um, wheel has, it's a tenth of a degree, I want to say negative caster. I don't have the paper in front of me anymore. Okay. Um, and everything else was all right. Um, now, my understanding is the caster is not adjustable. And it just had me a little bit concerned because the car's a little bit newer. 
and um, I bought it off an elderly couple at 15,000 miles, and nothing right. has happened to it since then. Caster is so, a cast. Well, caster is a measurement of think of a bicycle. All right, the front wheel of a bicycle. As as you go into a turn and the the angle of the bicycle spindle changes as you turn the wheel, that's the measurement of caster as the bicycle fork travels over center into and out of the turn. Caster affects tracking and handling. It doesn't necessarily affect tire wear. A tenth of a degree, yeah, it's out of spec. It's not necessarily a lot, all right? It's not going to affect tire wear. As long as the vehicle tracks straight, holds the road straight, you have a correct amount or a good amount of road feel. You know, some cars, you get in a car that's got um, incorrect caster. It, it's, it, it has more negative caster in it. it. It just won't have any road response. The wheel's real sloppy to return. You have to drag the wheel back. You know, things like that. Whereas if you get in this car and you go around the turn and the wheel just comes back to center automatically, car's got good caster. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about a tenth of a degree. Tenth of a degree of caster doesn't really bother me. Tenth of a degree of camber, yeah, maybe I'd do something about it because it's going to affect tire wear at some point. But then again, I've learned to, you know, watch tire wear, too, on vehicles that have marginal alignments just to see where they really go. I've seen alignments do some very funny things on cars over the years. So I don't think you have anything to worry about, Pete. I think it's more okay. a matter of just, you know, just be aware and, um, you know, there's things you could do. There are ways to adjust it or to change it, but at what price? You know, whether we're going to change strut, spindle, control arm, cradle, you know, name some part that's attached to the front of the car to find out which one is just slightly off. And, you know, you'll realize that it becomes, for what you're going to gain, it becomes a... A non-economical repair, all right. I understand. You know, yeah. it's 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 not a danger at this point, so um, it's not really okay. going to affect anything. All right, sir. Okay. So, all righty. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. All righty. Well, thank you for your help. You're very welcome, Pete. You have a good rest of the afternoon. Um, yeah, that's that's not necessarily a big bad deal. Hey, real quick, Ron. It's been a while since I wrote. Um, I've been leasing new cars. Just leased a 2018 Infiniti Q50 six weeks ago, and somehow I caught a plastic bag around my exhaust. I always hate it when that happens. Horrible smell comes in the cabin, probably toxic. Yup, and you can smell it standing outside the car as well. Not really. I'm from Jersey. Everything smells the same here. I am not mechanically inclined, so I'm not going to put it on a lift and try to scrape it off. I was told to do everything from letting it burn off by itself to getting easy off Oven off cleaner and scrape it off. Not sure what the Infinity dealer could do for me. If you have any thoughts, maybe there's a professional place I can bring to clean the pipes. I would love to read what you hear and have it to say. Thanks again for your time, Ron Lance. Um, listen, nothing easier than putting it up in the air when the car is hot. Take a putty knife or a scraper and just scrape as much plastic off it as you can. There isn't a great deal of rocket science here. It's not like you're going to have to, you know, use any chemical, use any cleaner. If it's plastic, it's going to be soft and gooey when it's hot. I put on a pair of rubber gloves and just scrape it free. Uh, you know, the problem becomes, my experience, the more you leave it on the pipes, sometimes it doesn't necessarily burn completely off, and then it becomes rock hard, and it stays there. And, you know, now you've got something you've got to chip away at in order to remove it. So I would try to get it off sooner rather than later. And, um, yeah, that can be really annoying. It's, it's, it's amazing the stuff that's, uh, that's in the road that you run over. I always wonder, and I, I get concerned about this, and it's one of the reasons we'll wear gloves in the shop. You think about, think about all the dead animals you see on the road, right? Just, you know, 
right? So how many mechanics are out there rotating tires with their bare hands? And then, you know, how many mechanics do you see eating lunch with dirty hands? You got to wonder, you know, listen, if they're dumb enough to put wheel nuts, wheel nuts on with air guns and black sockets and no, no torque sticks, then, you know, it's, you know, they, I hate to talk bad about my industry, but it's out there. It really is. So, um, you know, just something to be aware of. So, uh, yeah, listen, common sense. Uh, that's one of the reasons, though, why we will wear rubber gloves in the shop also because we're trying to keep our hands clean. You know, this time of year, um, and, and I do this every year. We've been doing this every year for a very long time. It's a great tradition, and I think tradition is what uh, what spices up life, what makes life so much, so much better at times. Uh, we do our little Christmas ditty. And uh, that's coming up in the next segment of The Car Doctor. But before we go and take away for the pause, I just want to you know, tell everybody I am really glad to have been here for each and every one of you this past year, as I have for the past years gone by. Um, God willing, I plan to continue to do this for a very long time. I really enjoy doing it. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do this without the support of my staff and my crew. Uh, Tony, who is on hiatus at the moment, but we know he's out there supporting us. Mike, our newbie, and uh, my number one go-to guy in the studio, Tom. Tom and I kid each other a lot during the course of the year, folks, but uh, I've been blessed. There isn't a better guy to have uh, sitting there pushing the buttons, making it all happen behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, I want to just tell everybody thank you uh, on behalf of myself and Tom and Mike and Tony. Um, We're glad to have each and every one of you here uh, to be part of the Car Doctor crew and, um, you know, be part of us. So um, the next segment coming back, you're going to hear is a little ditty I wrote many, many years ago, and um, I didn't realize it would be so popular. We've uh, done it time and time again, usually at everybody's request, and um, we know you look forward to it. So uh, without any further ado, I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the dark. Not a car was still broken. All the plugs had their spark. The wrenches were stashed all snug in their boxes, while me by myself was having Christmas party leftovers, some bagels and loxes. When out from the lot there rose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet and yelled, Hey, what's the matter? Now what to my bloodshot, tired eyes should appear but some crazy old guy, one sleigh with reindeer? I winced and I cried, oh great, just one more. I'd rather sit back and have a cup of tea and some s'mores. He approached the front door with a smile so bright, I quickly unlocked it and turned back on the office light. Excuse me, kind sir, but I'm having some trouble. The left runner on my sleigh has started to wobble. The balance is wrong and it pulls to the right. The reindeer are working too hard this cold night. I have so much to do and no time left to do it. Do you think that you could, well, please get right to it? Without saying a word, I went to work right away. Too bad the alignment machine had no specs for a sleigh. Meanwhile, the reindeer were prancing around. That Rudolph and Comet, what a couple of clowns. In a matter of moments, time 1.2, the runner was straight and the alignment done too. I helped him load up, all the presents but one. He left it to pay me for cash, he had none. I hope it's from Snap-on, a half-inch drive air gun. He started the sleigh by merely calling their names on Dasher and Dancer, Donner and Blitzen. Get up off your butts, Rudolph Comet and Vixen. It started to idle and float in the air, then Rudolph lit up the sky with his nose extraordinaire. And I heard him exclaim, this could have been quite a mess. The car doctor rings true. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're really priceless. May your days be merry. 